Hey everyone, welcome to a review episode of Waiting in the Sky with TJ Starman. Uh, today is an especially exciting review episode because I'm not reviewing a movie, I'm not reviewing a game or a TV show, I am actually reviewing the 2022 NFL Draft, uh, specifically the Chicago Bears 2022 NFL Draft. I'm recording this on Sunday, May 1st, so the draft just wrapped up yesterday. Um, so I've had some time to kind of sleep on my thoughts, um, but it's still pretty fresh. So you're going to get that perspective in this episode, um, which I'm excited to share. Uh, before I get into it, if you are new to the podcast, please make sure that you uh, are reviewing, you're liking, subscribing, following, whatever verb is most fitting, um, whatever you can do. It's going to help me out a lot. So I really appreciate those of you that can take the time to do that. and. Without further ado, why don't I jump into this conversation? So um, it's been a little while since I had uh, Jacob Infante on the main episode. Um, it was episode 202, where we talked about the Bears draft prospects, as well as, uh, you know, the build a Batman segment on that same episode. Um, but Jacob Infante, who is uh, the lead draft analyst over at Windy City Gridiron, which is the Chicago Bears blog that I um, work with and do some of the social media um, content for. Um, so the Chicago Bears are a big, uh, <laughs> big, I'm a big fan of the Chicago Bears. And uh, this weekend was just a lot of excitement because it's the NFL draft. There's, you know, all these guys get the chance to um, play in the National Football League, play, play sports professionally. So a lot of excitement for, you know, these players that are being drafted and for fans of teams like myself, you get to, you know, feel hope. You get to be encouraged or potentially discouraged um, by the players that your team brings in. And what was unique about this draft for the Bears is they unfortunately did not have a first round pick. So I think us Bears fans knew from the beginning we were going to be kind of playing from behind the eight ball here. Um, that being the result of the Justin Fields trade with the Giants last year. So you could also kind of see their first round pick being Justin Fields this year, which if you look at it through that lens, uh, I certainly feel a lot better about things. But instead of having a first round pick, the Bears did have two second round picks. Um, they had their own, and then they also acquired a second round pick from the Los Angeles Chargers in the Khalil Mack trade earlier this year. So uh, the Bears came into this with six draft picks. Um, they did somehow manage to turn that into 11 um, by the by the end of this. So that is definitely something that I am encouraged by. I, the team definitely needs a lot of players. They need bodies to fill the roster. Uh, and to really build out the depth of this team because they really don't have a ton of people under contract at this point. And uh, drafting a lot of these guys definitely helps um, fill out the roster for sure. So night one of the draft is exclusively the first round. So we, we by we, I mean I and kind of, you know, Bears fans in general, maybe kept an eye on this just out of curiosity if you like following the league in general. Um, or just on the off chance that maybe the Bears do decide they really like someone and they want to trade up and get into the first round uh, to pick them. Fortunately, in my opinion, the Bears did not do that. They did not give up assets in the future in order to move up to the first round of this year's draft. I think Ryan Poles, the new GM, has been incredibly patient thus far, um, something that I've really liked seeing from a Bears GM, especially after the former GM, Ryan Pace, 
uh, did not seem to be patient whatsoever. You know, he tried to sell his convictions. Um, and really that was just going all in and, you know, you're still rolling the dice when you're going all in on guys, a cough, Mitchell Trubisky cough, and you're limiting yourself when you have to take fewer swings on, uh, in the draft. And so seeing patience from the bears GM was something I'm totally on board with. So the bears do not have any kind of activity on night one of the draft whatsoever. And I was okay with that. I think that that worked out really well. Where things really picked up and the draft kind of started for the Bears was on day two, uh, which is rounds two and three. So the the Bears had three picks on night two of the NFL draft. And I'm going to kind of touch on each of these players. Uh, Full disclosure, like I have not done scouting on these guys, like some of them, most of them, uh, especially later on. I didn't really even hear their name until this weekend. So I don't have the most information, but I'm going to kind of give you my gut reaction and my take on these guys as individuals. And then as the, on the class as a whole, moving forward as I go through this. Um, and so I'll, I will assign a grade with the full understanding that it is absolutely ridiculous to be assigning grades uh, at this point, because you never know how it's going to work. I, I mentioned earlier, it's always a crapshoot. So any of these guys have the potential to be stars or to be a complete bust. Um, so I will assign a grade just based on my gut reaction and how I'm feeling about it. But I totally understand this is probably going to look ridiculous in, you know, two, three, four years from now. But the first pick that the Bears made night two, round two, pick number 39. Now, a lot of people were expecting the Bears to maybe target a wide receiver, maybe an offensive lineman with this first pick. A lot of people want to see Justin Fields being supported um, by putting some uh, some of those assets toward uh, those positions that really have the most impact on the quarterback position. And the Bears just said, you know what, we're going to take the best player available, according to Ryan Poles, and they go with cornerback Kyler Gordon from Washington. Um, so this is someone that I was not anticipating, you know, being available around here. I, I think he was maybe a fringe round one guy, um, probably goes really early round two. Um, so for him to be there and for the Bears to have a high grade on him was not super surprising. Cornerback was a big area of need for this team. Um, I, I think a lot of people have forgotten just a year ago we were, you know, so worried about who was going to be playing opposite Jalen Johnson, um, not just you know, the boundary corner position, but also in the slot. And we saw last year that that unit just got demolished. Um, when you try and run Kindleville door out there and, um, you know, Duke Shelley in the slot, those guys just couldn't keep up with it. And Jalen Johnson, you know, did his best, but you can only do so much when you're one guy in that group. So I think, you know, going best player available and taking a cornerback is still a big area of need, especially in the modern day NFL, I think is a wise move. So I was totally fine with the Kyler Gordon pick. Um, I think that, you know, it's not the most exciting move by any means, but he's got a lot of potential, I think, to lock down that cornerback position opposite Jalen Johnson. So I'm going to go with a B plus uh, with the Bears first selection of Kyler Gordon at pick 39. The second pick that the Bears had on this night was also in round two, and that was uh, pick 48 overall. And so 
you know, a lot of us probably see the cornerback position. They go defense with the first pick. Okay, now it's time to switch gears. You're going to probably get a good value at wide receiver here. Maybe George Pickens out of Georgia is a name that a lot of Bears fans were really high on, My, myself included. I think that he's a talented player. Um, and so I would have been excited to see him at pick 48. He was there and available. However, the Bears end up going again to the defensive secondary, and they go with safety Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. Uh, and so Brisker, I think this is a better value even than Kyler Gordon. I think Kyler Gordon has more potential. I think Jaquan Brisker comes in uh, you know, with a real high floor. Um, this is a guy that I absolutely guarantee is going to be um, you know, starting alongside Eddie Jackson at the safety position to start the year. Uh, I think both Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker are going to be starting uh, week one for the Bears defense. Um, so that's super exciting. I, I think the value at this pick is tremendous. A little disappointing that you couldn't find that value in an offensive player. I would have loved to have seen that. However, I can't really fault this process so far. Um, I understand getting a difference maker, a, a guy that has a high floor, you know, potential, you know, good ceiling as well at, at this pick um, in an area of significant need. Um, again, going back to just that abysmal secondary last year for the Bears. I think Jaquan Brisker comes in and, and also helps solidify that along with Kyler Gordon. And then either Thomas Graham Jr. takes a step up and, and really takes ownership of that, that nickelback position. Or you have Tavon Young, who the Bears brought in, uh, who has prov proven already in the league that he can um, take that position and hold it down. So I think... What Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus did with these first two picks in the draft was solidify that defensive secondary, turn what was a glaring weakness last year into what's arguably a, a real good strength uh, going into 2022. So with that second pick of Jaquan Brisker, I am going to give that a pick an A. I think the value is great there. Um, again, you know, would I have loved to see a wide receiver? Would I have loved to see an offensive lineman here? Absolutely. Um, but I think the value is too much to pass up on. And Ryan Poles uh, said as much as well. So um, I, I, again, I'm going to trust the process there. They weren't done, though, on night two. The Bears were not done yet. They did have their third round pick still available. That was pick number 71. And the Bears go with wide receiver, finally offense, wide receiver, Valus Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. Now, my initial reaction is one that I know a lot of Bears fans had, and that's, you know, who? Uh, there was still some very exciting names at wide receiver available here. I think a lot of Bears fans were familiar with David Bell, uh, who was a potential option here. Um, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, another uh, potential option here. But the Bears choose to go with Valus Jones Jr. Um, this is a guy who... Had played at USC, transferred to Tennessee, where he was drafted out of. He's a little bit shorter. He's 5'11", but you know, a really solid guy. He's uh, 200 pounds, 204 pounds, I think, um, but super fast. So he's running a 4'3", 40-yard dash at 200 pounds. So this is a guy who is very fast, but not a small guy, not a guy you would necessarily consider to be fragile. Um, he's a very stable runner um who can get up the field fast and so you're looking at i believe the the leader in this draft class in yards after the catch and a guy that you really has positional flexibility so the bears uh in all likelihood will probably play him a little bit out of the backfield from like the running back position um they'll probably play him in the slot they'll probably play him uh 
out wide at receiver as well. Um, so he has a lot of flexibility. He's also uh, arguably the best return man available in this draft as well. So the Bears, again, I think adding a lot of value here. Um, this one did feel like it was maybe a little bit of a reach. Um, however, you never know. You never know if this guy was going to be available uh, when the Bears picked next, which was not until the fifth round um, because he did not have a fourth round pick this year. So Bayless Jones Jr., I do think it's a little bit of a reach. Um, and I think there is potentially some better wide receiver only uh, prospects available at this point. But I think because of the value you get, again, because of his ability to play from multiple positions, uh, to play on special teams, I do think Valus Jones Jr. is a good pick here as well. Um, so I'm going to go with a B- minus. Uh, with their third pick of Valus Jones Jr. And I hope that I'm wrong here. I hope that he just completely blows away our expectations. Uh, and that's what I'd love to see out of Valus Jones Jr. And so that was their their night two. And uh, after the first you know set of draft picks for the Bears, I know a lot of the fan base was uneasy. There was so, so many people in their feelings on uh, Friday night after those three picks. Um, people were not satisfied. People did not think that they were doing enough for Justin Fields. And it's not, you know, a belief that I subscribe to. I, I think that there are many ways to build out your roster. And I think you need to add the best players available, as cliche as it is in the NFL draft. Uh, especially if you can, you know, the value in these draft picks comes from where you can see, you know, just good players and your positions of need meet. So was cornerback their biggest position of need? Probably not. You probably want an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. Um, but Kyler Gordon being the best player available and cornerback still being one of the positions of need made that a very good pick. Same thing with Jaquan Brisker. And then the overall value that Valus Jones Jr. brings uh, is very enticing. So after night one, I was fine. Most of the fan base was kind of freaking out. That was the vibe going into day three of the NFL draft, which is rounds four, five, six, and seven. The Bears came in to day three with three remaining picks. They had uh, two fifth round picks, 148 and 150, and they had a sixth round pick, 186. This is where GM Ryan Poles shifted his approach completely and started accumulating draft picks. Like I said, uh, they ended up making 11 total selections, so they ended up turning those three picks into an additional um, eight picks on day three. Uh, and their first pick ended up being in still in round five, but a little bit further back at, at number 168 overall, where they finally went with the offensive line and they go with Braxton Jones, uh, who is a tackle out of Southern Utah. So I was super excited to see them go offensive line here. Southern Utah, obviously a small school, but by all accounts, Braxton Jones showed out at the Senior Bowl. So if you can hang with guys at the Senior Bowl, then you are probably a pretty solid prospect in the NFL. Still seems pretty raw. Not necessarily a guy that I'd expect to come in and contribute right away. If he did, it'd be a surprise. Um, but has some athletic ability that I think um, with good teaching can really help develop him into a contributor, uh, whether that's two or three years uh, from now or a year or two from now. Um, in year two or three for him. So overall, Braxton Jones, I'm going to probably go uh, with a C plus here. Not a super exciting name, but generally still a positive choice is how I'm feeling about uh, Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah there. The Bears made their next pick 
at number 174 overall. And they went again to the defensive side of the football. They go with edge Dominique Robinson out of uh, Miami of Ohio. Um, and so from my understanding of this guy is he's actually a converted wide receiver. Um, so he's got a lot of length to him, uh, but he's a little bit more of a slight build. Um, still could stand to probably put on some weight um, to play along the edge in the NFL. Um, the Bears are playing a 4-3 defense, so I would imagine uh, they envision him as a guy who's going to be either a situational pass rusher from like a standing up linebacker position um, or... He is going to be a guy that's coming in uh, on the defensive end and the defensive line is probably more likely going to be where he's spending most of his time. And so, you know, if he develops, he he's a guy that by his own admission is raw and is just athletic as of now. But, you know, if he is able to develop and, and capitalize on those athletic traits of his and the physicality overall, uh, I think could be a contributor. Uh, a la, you look at a guy like Travis Gibson, um, who we're expecting to be a real contributor this coming year, who also was a fifth round pick a, a couple of years ago. So Dominic Robinson, I think could end up following uh, that same path. And so I felt pretty good around this one after kind of doing a little bit of research into this pick. Um, I'd go with a B here. So C plus, and then a B for those first two, uh, those round five picks, the bears now uh, shifted into round six and at their original six round pick number 186. They go again to the offensive line, um, which is going to be a trend as we go through it. And they go with Zachary Thomas, uh, who is projected to be a guard in the NFL, played tackle uh, in college at San Diego State. Um, so Zachary Thomas, uh, first of all, was super excited to be a Chicago Bear from uh, the reactions that I saw. So already really like this guy. I think he's someone that's going to be playing guard. Like I said, it sounds like he's been projected there. Could be a good depth piece. I don't think necessarily anyone in the sixth or seventh round are guys that you're expecting to be starters, um, but you really want to fill out your depth of your um, your offensive line group, your defensive line group, or really the entire roster. And this these are the rounds to do that or to take some swings on some guys with upside. So Zachary Thomas here, um, I think is overall a good pick. I'd like to like to see him stick around. Um, I'm going to give him a B as well. Um, not again, not blowing me away, um, but I think a very solid pick for that position and good value overall. Now to uh, pick number 203, still in round six, the Bears go running back, um, which is interesting. But, you know, maybe a little bit of a situation with more special teams value here because they get Tristan Ebner out of Baylor, um, a guy who has some kick returning and punt returning experience. So. Don't know too much about this guy, but I know that he is more of a receiving uh, running back out of the backfield, um, has that potential to add that to the Bears offense, as well as contributing to special teams. So uh, in the sixth round, I say roll the dice on that for sure. So I, I go uh, maybe B plus here because of his ability to contribute um, potentially on special teams. 207, the final pick of the Bears in round six. Um, this is a pick that I, I really loved. I, I loved seeing this. And this is center Doug Kramer out of Illinois. So, um, you know, a local product uh, grew up in Hinsdale, I believe, is what I saw. Um, goes to the University of Illinois. He was a starter for five years, so was able to capitalize on the um, 
the additional year of eligibility from COVID. Um, so five-year starter at the University of Illinois is a guy who has experience playing the center position. Um, he's probably not built to play any other position on the O-line, so you're kind of looking at him to uh, really just be a backup center at this point, unless he's able to turn some heads and surprise some people. Um, I don't think he's going to beat out Lucas Patrick um, or potentially Sam Mustafer at the center position. Um, ideally, you'd love to see Doug Kramer really take ownership uh, from day one and uh, push Lucas Patrick to right guard. That would help solidify the O-line, but doesn't seem entirely likely. Um, but I do love this pick. I think he has a lot of potential and really shores up the uh, interior depth at O-line. So Doug Kramer from Illinois, I'm going to give that pick an A. Now we get into the final round of the draft, and the Bears had pick number 226. Uh, the Bears make their fourth, count them, four offensive linemen, their fourth offensive lineman draft pick. And that is guard uh, Jatir, I believe it's pronounced Carter out of Southern. Uh, and so Jatir Carter is coming from an HBCU. So great story there. Um, is another guy that seems to be an athlete. He's maybe a little bit more raw coming from a small school again, but another guy who was able to um, impress at the senior bowl. So maybe those concerns about playing in a small school aren't you know, the most relevant necessarily if they was able to hang with the, the guys at the senior bowl. Uh, so Jatir Carter, not someone I know a whole lot about, but again, I was happy to see a fourth lineman taken. Um, and it sounds like he has potential to, you know, potentially stick around um, and contribute to the offensive line group. So I'll go with a C plus here as well. And then the last two, the bears made a trade uh, sending Los Angeles chargers, their sixth round pick. Uh, in 2023, the other pick that they got from the Cleo Mack trade in exchange for a pair of seventh round picks uh, at 254 and 255. So these are essentially just a way of securing a couple of guys that you really wanted in the undrafted free agent market in order to not compete with the 31 other teams. You're going to use a draft pick on them here. And so I think the Bears got some really good value here. Um, some guys that I'm really curious to see how they shake out and could potentially stick on this roster because it's not a given necessarily in these late rounds. Um, but at 254, the Bears go safety again with Elijah Hicks uh, out of Cal. And I think the knock on Hicks is just that he's a little bit smaller. Um, he doesn't have the size of like a guy like Jaquan Brisker is probably the biggest difference between uh, Hicks going in the seventh round and Brisker going in the second. But Hicks seems to have good ball skills. He seems to be able to, um, you know, be rangy and go sideline to sideline uh, as a safety. Also could be a really good contributor on special teams. You think of like a gunner, uh, a guy who's fast and can get down there and really just uh, wants it. I've seen some a lot of personality from some of his interviews or, um, you know, stuff on social media from him. So he's a guy I'm rooting for. I think he is a practice uh, not a practice squad, a, a preseason hero. Uh, he fits the mold of a guy that you know Bears fans are going to be rooting for in the preseason for sure. So with that pick, I actually I really like it. I think there's good potential there. I'm going to go with an A um, at that safety position uh, with Elijah Hicks. And then the last pick of the Bears in this draft, uh, obviously, they picked a punter. Were you expecting them not to pick a punter? Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness... The, um, the Bears did let Pat O'Donnell um, sign with the rival Green Bay Packers this year. So the starting punter position was available, still is available. 
I think believe they brought in um, a guy to compete with already prior to the draft, but then they used 255 to draft punter Trenton Gill out of North Carolina State, which I hear good enough things from about him that he's a skilled directional punter, um, has a good leg uh, on him as well. So punter is an extremely important position. Um, if you don't have a quality guy back there, you want to get enough people in there that have potential so that you can walk away with someone who's skilled and who can help contribute to the um to the field position game. And uh, that's what special teams is all about. So Trenton Gill has the potential to do that. I really like it. So I'm going to go with a, a C plus here. Again, a decent pick. Not exciting, but definitely has some value. So overall, the, the Bears, I think, made the most of what they could here. I think they got some really good value with their first two picks, even though it was on defense. I think they're very comfortable and confident in the potential that Valus Jones Jr. has as their third round pick. And then I think on day three, they just went fully throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And they got some decent prospects in that group and they added the picks to do it. So overall, GM Ryan Poles and his first draft, I feel pretty good. I, you know, I think that I'm going to give it a B plus. I'm going to remain a little bit on the optimistic side here. I think it could have been better. Um, I would have loved to have seen some high round wide receivers, some high round offensive linemen, but I think you hit a lot of the positions of need in this draft and they brought in bodies and that's really what they needed to do here. So I'm really curious to see how this draft class shakes out, not only this year, but in the, in future years as well. Yeah, that's that. That is my take on the 2022 NFL draft. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, right after the draft at the time of uh, this episode's release on Monday, uh, then maybe you feel similarly. Maybe you feel completely the opposite. Maybe you think this was terrible and the Bears really screwed it up. It would not surprise me if you felt that way. I think there's a lot of people that do feel that way. And honestly, I do get it. I That's not where I land, but I do get it. Uh, and we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see. And I think there's a lot of ways that the bears can adjust their roster going into the season. And they have a lot of flexibility in 2023, which is key because that's really when they can make a difference and really show up as contenders and really build a quality winning roster. And I think this, this draft class, while, you know, maybe not super exciting is foundational. It builds out your depth. It gives you some potential key, players at, at, at key positions that were weaknesses uh, just a year ago. So I can't complain with it about it too much, but we'll see. I'm going to be checking in on the bears throughout the season uh, on a few episodes, whether it's a review episode like this or whether it's part of the main episode and I'm able to wrangle in somebody to talk bears with me, I am going to be happy to do so. But that's it for this episode, this review episode of Waiting in the Sky with TJ Starman. Again, if you have not liked, reviewed, subscribed, or followed, please do as much of that as you can. It's going to help me out a ton, and I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm super excited about the next main episode of the show that's going to be releasing this coming Thursday. Uh, that is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, no less, uh, where I'm going to be talking about the Harry Potter movie franchise and ranking those films with Brian Brackets, uh, who's making his return to the show, as well as uh, talking about the career of Nicolas Cage, one of the most interesting actors in Hollywood. Um, 
we're going to play Good Cage, Bad Cage, uh, myself and Richard um, taking center stage in that conversation. So that's a good one. Um, if you have any interest in Nicolas Cage, uh, which he's an extremely interesting character, uh, who could blame you? Uh, definitely a good conversation to listen to. Uh, so keep an eye out for that one. And again, if you have not subscribed to the uh, Waiting in the Sky YouTube channel, check it out because we are going to be putting out some video content here shortly as well that is not going to be available on the podcast uh, feed. So definitely something to add to your to-do list. But thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you giving us your time. Hopefully uh, you learned something and you weren't screaming at me about my Bears opinions this whole time. Uh, And I will see you on the next episode.